We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by the Genesis Company coming at you Tuesday morning. It's December 12th, and we have Wolves beat writer Jason Frederick from the Pioneer Press here to discuss the loss in New Orleans on Monday night, a game that featured the return of Jaden McDaniels, uh, a game that did not feature Anthony Edwards. He took the night off to rest that injured hip. Uh, it was a game with a lot of fouling. Rudy Gobert was in foul trouble the whole night. Carl Anthony Towns, again, fouled out. And on the Pelican side, uh, I thought the their whole game, whole offense kind of ran through Zion, who had 36 points on 13 of 17 shooting. So, Jace, I sent you those and a couple others as as topics to get into with this one. Which which do you want to start with? McDaniel's return, playing without Ant, foul fest, or Zion's dominance? Yeah, I just want to like quick theme of the game. Like, okay. I, I, I want to get into Zion probably first, but uh, but like generally quick theme, isn't it always a little bit like revealing to be like, oh yeah, this is what it's like when the other team uh, has all their guys and you mm. know, and the Wolves don't have theirs. Uh, you know, like because we've seen so many times this year where it's like somebody's out and then the Wolves will like dismantle them like Philly mm. without Embiid or whatever, and it's like, well, you got to play who's in front of you. Uh, but you just see the difference, or the Pelicans, right? the other yeah, two yeah, the Pelicans, the Pelicans. Yes, exactly. Zion hasn't played in either game. Yep, yeah. and it's just like, yep. And you clearly chalk up the Wolves like much better than the Pelicans. Blah blah blah. You know, like, mm-hmm. and, and you just see the difference. Like, you know, it's such a, it is a top couple guys really kind of drive the ship uh, for these teams. And like, yeah, the Pelicans at full strength are better than the Wolves without Anthony Edwards. Just like the Wolves uh, at full strength are better than the Pelicans without Zion Williamson. You know, mm-hmm. like it, to, and to me, like there was pretty clear like last night's version of the Pelicans was better than last night's version of Minnesota. So it is just kind of a reminder of like we have to take all of these results and certainly like consistency is key and whatnot. But like with a grain of salt um, when mm-hmm. so many of these games just aren't played on a level footing um, like last night's wasn't for Minnesota. It's just it's the it's the unfortunate thing of the NBA regular season. But like it's it makes it so hard to evaluate like who's who's what. Well, <laughs> you and, know. and I'm I'm thinking about it from the standpoint of like that this is a decent chance that this is a first round playoff matchup, right? Yeah, it could be. I mean, you know, you know it's and it's been three games where you they haven't matched up, right? So right. they're gonna I think they maybe play one more time this season 
<laughs> knowing the Pelicans held history, like I probably we probably won't see these two teams right uh square off at full strength, but it does it does highlight the Zion part highlights an interesting sort of matchup that I think is particularly difficult for this team or they're, they are trying to figure it out when it's like Zion or Giannis or whatever. It's a big that wants to barrel down and attack offense through them. I'm not sure the wolves know how they want to match that. Right. Um, and obviously that's difficult as Zion or Giannis who are elite at that. It's the, Type of player who's probably a little too big for Jaden to guard. Yep. Um, and not that I mean he's guarded Zion in the past, but on more broken, worse wolves seems obviously pre-Rudy. Um, but I, I just I, I wonder about that type of matchup for this team and what the best way to handle it is. I thought it was they kind of went with the Jokic on Zion, where they it was did, like cat yeah. take that matchup, and Rudy is gonna be the help there. That plan gets derailed as Rudy picks up two fouls in the first three minutes. So again, like even in the context of that small element of the game that we might be able to extrapolate out into the future, it all kind of got wrecked by Rudy being out. Did you think about that at all? Of like, why is it Cat or what is the matchup here? Part of me goes like, what? Maybe I, just Rudy on him? I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I don't know what I, the answer is. I agree with you. I mean, I, I very much looked at it the same way as you did. Like, I didn't put too much thought into it, but it was, I was just like, yep, this is like what they would do with Jokic, and that's why they're doing mm -hmm. it. I mean, that's yeah. – and it, now I think you can look back at it and be like, well, they're not really the same type of player, um, yeah. you know, like – and, <laughs> no. and No, Zion, like, really gave Cat problems in that he went downhill pretty decisively. So, like, even yeah. when Rudy was in there, like, rewatching Zion's just mm -hmm. shot attempts this morning, like, I said that too, Rudy yeah. – it was tough for Rudy to, like, get into a spot where he can even impact it and like just to give zion credit like his finishing package from like five feet not like right at the rim but like from five feet uh, was crazy, tremendous man. i mean he crazy. was hitting a lot of shots that it's not unusual to see a guy shoot like 50 percent on those and he was hitting mm -hmm. the majority of them um you know he was he got to that spot on the court but that's not like an automatic finish there um and he was just like finding different ways to put the ball in the bucket um it was mm -hmm. it was really impressive yeah. Where, where do you think Finch is at, like, with that and those matchups? Or, you know, I guess Embiid is coming up next week. I, there won't be anything like this with Miami or Indiana or Dallas. Um, but do you think that that is all you're going to be the thing he wants to do with Rudy is keep him out of the primary matchup and use him? In, which I, I've talked about being a, a weapon. I'm not. I'm not questioning. Yeah, yeah. But you the, think the it, decision? Just, just if we think it's like the rule, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what. Uh, yeah. Do you think it is the rule that Rudy they keep Rudy off ball, or are there matchups where you go, nope, we want to shut this off with Rudy? I think it's. I think it's like if somebody is going to be on the perimeter and then they are consistently the attacker, like if it's like an isolation yeah. type player, like then. I do think that they would much rather have Rudy lurking as that rim protector. Mm -hmm. um, I, yeah. I, I I feel like that's kind of it. So like, that's where like at the game's outset, I totally understand going with like a cat mm -hmm. on Zion. Like it made sense to me at the very beginning. And then you see like, I think like, as you just see like Zion really starting to roll, you wonder like, should you switch it up? Should you try something else? Um, but I get that alignment and I would get it against almost anybody, frankly, like it, maybe if somebody plays more in the post, I would trust him more with like a Rudy on him. Um, yeah. So like Embiid still plays at some in the post and whatnot. I think it's like, about the other big too, right? Like yeah. it works the one it's worked, worked the best against uh 
is the Jokic Gordon front court. Right? Yeah, because Aaron Gordon's not his own offensive threat. And really. and they often then when Cat is on Jokic and Rudy is ignoring Gordon, Denver tries to put Gordon out on the perimeter, right? They have him handle. Maybe he spots up in the corner. I was thinking about that again as I'm like, okay, I'm seeing something similar to this. Valanciunas is different, though, where mm-hmm. it's like Rudy can't totally leave that either to go help because then he's just going to go – Valanciunas is going to get on the offensive glass. So it is pretty right. apples and oranges to the Denver thing. Oh, but I guess the similarity is the idea of putting Cat on the star player, having Rudy help. Um, but I just think this is a, is a tough matchup. For the Wolves, I think in, I think Zion is a is a tough matchup. Or like, you know, in the in the Eastern Conference, you know, if it were the finals, right? Um, I, I think Giannis and Milwaukee provided they're in a good enough place to be comparable to Boston to be able to get there. That might be a harder matchup for this team. I know super super premature, but I I think about that matchup being tough. Yeah, and and for New Orleans especially, and obviously like New Orleans played well last night too, and they mm-hmm. and part of their thing is like they're not always healthy, they're not always you know the same consistent teams. Like we wouldn't see that game play out probably the same every time, but like Zion's a tough matchup for Cat, um, no question about it. And then uh, Bi and Bi is a really tough matchup for Jaden. Like Jaden just doesn't give Bi money problems. Like you remember in the first quarter of that game eighty two last year, like Brandon Ingram just had his way. Yeah. I mean, and then and then Jaden eventually ended up in foul trouble and punching a wall. And like I think part of the frustration is yeah, the fouls, but also like he just can't really give Brandon Ingram much for. Well, issues, they're just like the, I think you tweeted that last night, right? Where they're, they're like the same size. Yes. And yep. and part of Jaden's weapon when he is guarding these perimeter creators is the the ability to like kind of tarantula them, you know, and make them change their yeah. game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where Brandon Ingram's still taking all the same shots he would always take, you know, and, and he might be off, might be on, but like, mm-hmm. he's just not bothered because that's his game anyway. So many of these like mid range shots and whatnot, but like he literally looks longer than Jaden, which is just not crazy. <laughs> what we're used to ever seeing. Yeah. Um, I want to get back to Jaden a little bit later. We'll talk about him being back and ripple effects of that. The other, the, the main things on each side of the ball were Zion, right? The Wolves defending him. And then offensively, it was playing without Ant, which meant playing through Cat. And you texted me, like, right at the beginning of the game, you're like, why is Ingram, why is Ingram guarded Carl? Uh, and, and what I said back to you, I'm like, it's going to be Herb Jones, like, real, real quick here. And it was, which is an interesting progression uh, through the game and a pattern for many years now with how teams try to start guarding Carl um, legitimately. And then they put the small on him and the aggressive doubles. And Carl usually kills the first matchup and struggles if he's not getting help to beat the double team matchup. That's exactly what happened last night. He had 15 points in the first half, two um, in the second half. And a lot of that came early when Ingram was guarding him. And the doubles just kind of shut it down. I don't think that's all on Cat. I think there was a ton of missed threes around Cat getting doubled last night. But that's the first game in a while where, obviously, the offense ran through Cat totally. Uh, or not, it was such a big deal because Ant wasn't out that because Ant was out that they had to kind of navigate there. Just your sort of general thoughts on the first time we've seen the small ball on Cat double sort of thing and what he needed to do more and really what what his teammates needed to do more around him. 
Yeah, um, I just think with like that double, it's still not quite quick enough. Like he'll get it out, and it's not like he turned it over, but it's just like it's literally just like a tick late. Um, so mm-hmm. just nothing ever quite ever feels in rhythm. Um, with it, uh, it, and we talk about like missed shots all the time. Like whether whether things are in rhythm or out of rhythm makes a big difference. Um, and I just think like Carl's still not proficient enough at like okay, the double has come out like instant, like like second nature. It's mm-hmm. out, and we move on to the offense again. Maybe I repost whatever, um, or we just start, you know, swinging mm-hmm. the ball around. It's just a little too late every time to where it never feels like it's in rhythm on those offensive possessions. Um, and so, yeah, guys can still make shots. You're still allowed to make shots, obviously, and they did not do yeah. enough there. But um, that still is the defense that is going to bother Cat the most. I do always think, you know, that is obviously the most applicable when Ant is not on the court. For sure. Um, versus when he is uh, but yeah if it's out for any extended period of time or anything um, i don't expect that but you know like that's that's a look carl will probably see more of and it just got to be quicker i think if they want to have sustained good offense against it yeah it, it's I, I think there needs to be a quicker hook on it probably too right like just not going in the post space yeah you know but then on for, the perimeter like herb jones was just giving him a lot of problems in the perimeter too so like when i, I Cal- just i would just just personally you know, I, I would, after seeing the struggle of the doubling in the post, not that, I mean, not specifically Coral struggling with it, but finding, I like what you said, rhythm. Like there wasn't rhythm around playing out of the doubles at all. And to me, I would just invert it and put them at the top of the floor and have Rudy down, you know, play pick and pop with Mike or or use, use Carl from, you know, from the top of the key. And I know you're, now you're trading off, him having to play through doubles to get his own shot versus him having to drive through a lane where they were clearly super condensed in on him. So I'm not saying either of those are, are great options. It just, it felt at least to me a little too much of like pressing the, okay, go back to the post button. Okay. Go back to the post button. Right. Right. Particularly when those post catches are coming at 16, 17 feet, as always it's uh, and it's tough when it's that little feisty dude, that's just trying to push you out to do it's actually harder i think to do your work early to get that deep position when it's six foot five dyson daniels on you or whatever but it has to happen right because that's that one time where you seal them deep you just catch instant like hook shot bucket right there just there wasn't enough of that it was deep post catches carl started thinking about passing out of it as a double passing out of the double team um i don't know felt a little bit too much of it and i would have liked to see it inverted to to the top of the floor but they're just the bigger problem was there just wasn't enough offense out there around, right, you right. know, um, I, I don't, it's disappointing that he only has two points uh, in the second half, but I think part of the reason he only has two points in the second half is nobody could really do anything around him to open him up, to have a single coverage opportunity to get a rhythm uh, going there. And that's just a, that's a broader theme of this season, right? Is the offense struggling when Anthony Edwards is off the floor and um, for as great as this season has been, uh, that is, I don't know if it's a low-hanging fruit, but it's a fruit that they need to figure out, right, is how do they generate more offense in the non-Anthony Edwards minutes, whether it was tonight or just in general, what are you thinking about? What are the answers there to get some, or potential answers to get generate more offense with no ant out there? Uh, it's tough because I think so often now you're playing with like a bunch of hesitant players out there when Ant's not out there. Um 
maybe less so last night for Shake Milton. It's coming across a little bit better, but in the half court, like he's had such struggles that he's been hesitant. Kyle Anderson, obviously with like the shot um, mm -hmm. and just the hesitancy to take that and the lack of success with it. So like, it's just, it's tough to get the proper spacing. It's tough to get guys making the quick, correct decision because so often the yeah. correct decision is just to shoot the ball. Um, so like they, I just don't feel like they have any rhythm or anything that they know they can go to or like anytime like they generate good offense, it's not leading to it's falling in the hands of the wrong person or that yeah. has not no, I agree with the that. play correctly. Uh, so when you have multiple guys like that on the court, it's tough to do anything well offensively. Mm -hmm. And when ants off is most likely when you are going to have a few of those guys on the court right now uh, who just are second guessing themselves on that end of the court. Like, I, I don't think like. Unless Shake can really get things going offensively, I don't know if Kyle and Shake are super compatible right now. Yeah, that's the thing, right? It's the it's the spacing or the shooting ability or spacing ability of the players around not just Carl in the post or Carl playmaking on drives. It's you need spacing around the Mike and Rudy pick and roll, right? right. And it's clearly, to me at least, showing up in the scout of way more boxes and elbows, even on guys like Troy Brown Jr. You know, they're yeah. kind of like well, it seems a lot like we'll live with Troy Brown Jr. making four of eight threes. Yeah, tonight, you know. Yeah, and and, and we know this. Like Troy's a decent shooter. Troy's not like this career knockdown shooter. Like he's had a nice stretch here. Like it's. Mm -hmm. I think the book out on him is going to be like, yeah, maybe he'll hit him. Maybe he won't. You know, like and that it's not. That is where like one thing this team could add is definitely is like another like dead eye shooter or at least somebody with that type of reputation to open things up. It's it's one option of things they could look for. What do you uh? What do you think about like is there are there answers on this roster to improve that offense without Ant? Do they have enough internally to be able to make this work? Their their offensive rating with Ant off the floor is like 110, which is a bottom the equivalent of a bottom five offense. They have not had enough offense this season. Do they have enough internally on the roster? Now you have Jaden back. Um you have a healthier team, like, or do they need to add another i know it's early or do they need to add another player what do you think i don't know i kind of go back and forth in this in my mind like right now their bench scoring is okay so when everybody's back obviously then on your bench you've got Nikhil, kyle nas and troy mm -hmm. we're thinking those are probably the four like is that enough bench offense um nas certainly can give you 15 easily on any night um Troy is just kind of it does kind of come down to whether those jumpers fall or not. Kyle's got to find his way on that end much more consistently. Um, I don't think that group they don't play together. I, I get I yeah mean, yeah that, that's the it's thing. not like it's, it's yeah. not a wave thing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's just like is that enough? Um, is yeah. that enough just to play around those other guys? Like like is that enough with like a Carl, you know, Carl, Jaden, and then three of those guys? Like, can you do those types of things? Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure. I, I, I think it kind of needs. I think if the answer is that if you're not sure, the answer is probably again. If we're setting the bar high of like going somewhere in the playoffs, then the answer is probably you do need to add something. And that again, we've talked about this too. What is that? Is that the is that the movement shooter? Is that the the Malik Beasley? Right? Are you adding that archetype of player, or is it um, the scoring point guard, the scoring playmaker, the Bones Highland? Right? Like those different archetypes of bench offensive you know weapons on this team and and we probably i don't know the answer to it either we yeah. can because i would be fearful 
I would be fearful of adding like a movement shooter, poor defender, and all of a sudden your second unit gets a little lax defensively, and then yeah. the other team gets going, and now it's harder again for like when Rudy checks back in or whatever to like mm-hmm. you've kind of lost your defensive tone. That you, I think you, you need know? to know like how much can how confident you feel about insulating said bad defender into your your team right you you look right. at like oh it's the number one the number one defense uh in the nba if there's ever a team that could inject a poor offensive player or sorry poor defensive player that gives you offense you would think it would be the number one defensive team but in the context of this group this player would be coming off the bench, whether it's the movement shooter or the bucket getter point guard against the Bones Highland. Like then they're playing with Nas and Carl, which is your group that you don't feel as good about insulating. Right. You need to have some different matchups and stuff there, which I think is all, this is all a classic good example of there's like 30 more games until the trade deadline. Correct. To be able to figure right. out more of these, these things, more Theoretically games. watch the yeah. healthy team play, you know, and yeah. see if they can figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let me uh, let me grab our first break here. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks, and I thought there would be a chance that uh, you, the listeners, might be watching um, TNT tonight. There's the the Mavericks Lakers game, and then I think it's uh, Warriors Suns. After that, uh, the Wolves do play uh, Dallas on on Thursday, so that's the next game too. So I'm gonna be watching this this Dallas game. Dallas has a lot of injuries and stuff right now, so as we are recording this at at 10 30 not a ton of dallas stuff up there but you can see more or less than 33 and a half points uh for luka Doncic. they got uh lebron anthony davis all these other different guys up there i always like these combination ones do lebron and luka go for more or less than 60 and a half points together there's there's a bunch of uh bunch of stuff in here and i think i know a lot of you um have started playing prize picks a lot for the for the football stuff that uh that we do here i i think the basketball ones are fun too maybe particularly uh on a national tv night or a non-wolves night it gives you something else to kind of be riding with watching uh over the course of the night so uh please do consider prize picks pricepicks.com or the price picks app and uh they will give you a 100 sign up bonus if you use the promo code dane all right jace um i didn't want to cut off the 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 cat and the offense uh conversation there do we have do we have more on that more of ants absence is this maybe a time to mix in jordan mclaughlin and is should he be in in that group there too i mean in a game when you're struggling offensively it's just they didn't have a rhythm offensively that that whole night it's easy to point to the guys who aren't playing or weren't and i was doing that during the game and then jordan mclaughlin comes into the game and he does play well for a, a small stretch of time. I, I think it is my opinion that I think Jordan McLaughlin should be playing over Shake Milton right now. But I'm trying to see the other side of it, too. I'm, I'm trying to understand, like, big picture does the Shake Milton size and may, maybe shooting ability and bucket getting. Is that worth the potential of that worth continuing to play him and continuing uh to ice J Mac out of out of the rotation. I think this really does connect to the greater question of how do you generate offense when Anthony Edwards is off the floor? Um because oftentimes when Shake Milton is playing, it is when Anthony Edwards is off the floor, even in a game that that Ant is healthy. I know it's 
it's deep down there. And we're talking about like ninth man in the rotation, but it feels like an opportunity to improve the offense, whether that's shake starting to play better and becoming more of a, a scoring weapon in that second unit or pivoting stylistically in that second unit into more traditional point guard play by playing Jordan McLaughlin um, there, there too. I, I don't know. It's as good as it's been through 22 games. It feels like if there's something that can and should change in this team, that it might be, it might be here at the end of the rotation. Yeah, I don't disagree. I do think it's kind of moot in that. I think when Ant's back, I think it's kind of the nine we talked about, like the starters, and yeah. and then it goes Nikhil, Kyle, Nas, and Troy Brown Jr. As of right now, like that's what it feels like. And Nikhil, oh, okay, back a point guard, and um, then so Shake. You're assuming Shake and J. And J. out. I mean, okay. and one of them is playing very minimal minutes as a tenth guy. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what I picture. Uh, if they end up, if Ant misses more time, if they end up in this situation again, um, I don't know. I mean, I I do think like the second unit, like. It's just not been very good and consistently not very good. And I'm not sure, like, Shake Milton has never really been a playoff player either. So, like, I'm not really sure what the long-term upside is of kind of continuing to push that out there. Like, I just don't think it's a big risk to change it up and go, like, all right, we're going to go, we're going to move away from Shake, who not we have this huge financial investment in either, um, and go to Jordan McLaughlin just to see if you can get more of, like, a rhythm offensively to just yeah. play better basketball, like, Getting Oz Reed going in different things um, on a night-to-night basis. Like, he's done a better job of late, but, like, I think putting in J-Mac, J-Mac, Nas, pick and rolls, like, that's an automatic, like, jump starter for Nas on a nightly basis when you do need not Isn't scoring. that just if the offense gets better with the second unit or more of these second unit laden lineups, like, if it gets better, it's because it goes through Nas more, right? Or Nas, right. it's more efficient offense, whether that isn't pick and roll or something else to – to get downhill. I mean, I'm just looking at these bench players, Nikhil Alexander Walker, who I love the role that he's playing and doing every single night, but there's for sure limitations offensively, particularly in like self-creation um, or simple creation. Like you, you can get Nikhil Alexander Walker in action and in a clean spot. And it's not, it's not necessarily super profitable. And even right. Kyle Anderson, sometimes now too, you go down the rotation further and further shake, whatever. Like, it just seems like, if more offense is going to come out of the second unit, it's going to come via Nas. And I don't know, maybe I'm thinking about it too simplistically, but putting Jordan McLaughlin next to him and running some pick and roll makes a lot of sense to me. Right. Easier creation for Nas, like putting yeah. him, making him more of a focal point almost of the offense um, yeah. in, in the second unit at times. And I agree with you, like Jay McNaz pick and rolls is like it's it gets Nas downhill. Um, It just gets in different looks. It, it activates him even more um, versus always asking him to basically self activate himself and find different ways to get himself involved because some nights that'll happen and some nights it won't um that's just kind of the nature of it uh, when you're coming in off the bench and like you're playing in different lineups and whatnot where like i think if you can just put in like a jordan mclaughlin and and execute sets for nas or just get nas like in pick and roll pick and pop type things like now he's really like gets to the point where he can be like that 20 point scorer that would really kind of change the general outlook of the offense um when when it's not on the court it feels like it has to happen or, or like it's just worth a try. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, that, that's what know, I mean. Like, yeah, it, it's worth a try. And maybe and you know what? And maybe Nas isn't there yet. You know, maybe he maybe he won't be able to consistently consistently give you that. It just to me feels like um, often that he has a smaller bandwidth within the offense than what makes sense 
um, to me or what I feel like I'm seeing that 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 group needs. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, when you're healthy, when you're not in foul trouble, maybe this is a good way to peel off over into foul trouble and stuff. This team should be able to generate enough offense through the staggering of the lineups of their four best players, right? Right. In playing Rudy and Mike together once they're removed from Ant and Cat, like this team should have enough offense just with those four, right? If you do do the lineups effectively. And so maybe we're overlooking at, oh, need more from ninth man Shake Milton or seventh man Nas Reed. When in reality, you probably just need even better offense from your five starters. I guess we put put Jaden in there uh, as well. I, I thought it was really, you know, discombobulating for the team last night to get Rudy in foul trouble. That seemed that obviously throws off the defensive rhythm of this team. But I felt like they missed Rudy offensively last night too, after he'd become such so much more of a rim rolling and diving threat over the last couple of weeks. And just with foul trouble in and out of the game, he just was kind of sloppier. A lot of obviously mm-hmm. bad passes and, yeah, and that sort of thing there too. But took I, I just noticed, yeah, he, he took himself out of it, but I didn't really realize how much offensively I felt like they, they needed Rudy. Yeah, I mean, sometimes the defense just turns into offense too. You need pressure, like, yeah, the defense, yeah, obviously he plays a big role in the defense turning into offense, but, like, you just need pressure on the rim, like, in any half-court thing. So when Ant's not out there and Rudy's not, like, playing like he has been playing, now there's nobody putting pressure on the rim because those Mm -hmm. two do it more frequently than literally anybody else. It literally goes, like, Ant, Rudy, and then number three is, I don't know, you know, like, (laughs) sometimes it's Carl, sometimes it's Nas, you know, but, like, it's those top two are the ones who are doing it most consistently, which really like breaks down a defense. Like, so when they're both kind of MIA for various reasons, like now offense is really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was, I don't know. It was, what did you just think about like the fouling overall last night? I, I, I found myself giving like giving Rudy grace, but also being frustrated with the overall sort of vibe around fouling uh, in the last game. There was for sure some ticky tack stuff. I thought they were calling like a lot of blocks and stuff uh, on the perimeter, but I'm thinking about some of the other things that are patterns of over and over again, Jaden committing fouls, Carl fouled out again in this game. He leads the league in fouling out now. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm torn between the idea of like some of that look ticky tack, but at the same time, a lot of this stuff is happening over and over again. So why should I, in my mind, put it put it all on the refs, too? I think it's a part of the identity of this team, or at least a few players on this team, is that they that they foul. What what, what were your thoughts on the following last night? Yeah, I mean, I certainly think Carl and Jaden foul a lot. Uh, that's yeah. just true. Like, if you watch them play, you could say, oh, he gets a tough whistle on, on either one of those guys. It's like, a lot of their fouls, like, they're just fouls. Like, mm-hmm. Jaden, Jaden, like, it can be body positioning and whatnot. And like, yeah, his hands, like, get in the wrong spots at certain times. And Carl, like... Carl is very loose on both ends of the court um, and could be called for 20 fouls, frankly. Like, and that's true of a lot of players in the NBA, you know, like not just singling him out, but yeah, like it's, it's, it's a little bit undisciplined just with like hands, just like with what you're doing and and body positioning and knowing when, Mm -hmm. when to put your body in certain spots and like putting yourself in bad positions. Like, but that's, that happens. And New Orleans is one of the best at drawing free throws in the NBA. Like they, they very much play like a, 
a brand sure. of offense that puts a lot of pressure on you and the officials every play. Uh, Zion, like, is barreling down, like, you're probably following him somewhere along his drive to the hoop, you know? Like, mm-hmm. uh, Junis plays very physical brand. Like, they, they, that's just what they do. And, like, Chris Finch said, I think a couple weeks ago in regards to Minnesota, like, being a better team this year of, like, getting to the line and not fouling, like, the aggressive team gets the calls. The aggressor gets the calls. And that's just the way it's always been. Well, last night, New Orleans was the aggressor. Like, yeah. what do you, and there's no question about that watching the game. So, yeah, they got, you know, they got the benefit of the whistle. That's what happens. And if, if it benefits Minnesota like it has on so many nights this year, um, the one night where you are out aggressive, no question you were, uh, you can't be surprised when it goes the other way. Today's show is brought to you by Doer Jeans, D U E R. And I'm excited to tell you about Doer Jeans because. It's the type of clothing that I wear, professional and polished, but comfortable. I'm excited to wear my Dewar Performance Denim jeans to the next Wolves home game. And I really think you're going to want your own pair of Dewar jeans because I just promise you they become that pair of pants that when you open the drawer, you choose them over and over again because you love the way they feel. Dewar jeans are durable and flexible without sacrificing comfort or style. Plus, they're antibacterial which equals less washing. They have temperature-regulating fabrics for all-day and all-weather comfort. And the all-weather performance denim is wind and water repellent, while the fireside denim is fleece-lined and great for staying warm. Dewar clothes are sustainably crafted to last a long time, so I know they'll be a staple in my closet for years to come. Dewar jeans are one of a kind. They'll make a great holiday gift for you and for those on your holiday list. You can check out Dewar's flagship stores in L.A. or Denver or online at shopdoer.com slash Moore. Right now, my listeners can get 15% off site-wide when you use my special URL, shopdoer.com slash Moore. You will want to take advantage of this because Doer never goes on sale. Don't wait to get 15% off. Go now to shopdoer.com slash Moore. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom 
Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. It's it's interesting because they are low in foul rate this year. Like, and I, that's a big part. I looked it up at least. Before, I don't know where it is today, but before the game yesterday, their third in free throw rate against mm-hmm. the third lowest, which is right. which is a major win. And I, you know, you're thinking about that in the context of like Carl has been in foul trouble almost every game this season. Uh, Jaden in almost every game he's played in, but I guess maybe some of that is subtracted missed, out because yeah, he missed, he missed ten already. Yeah, yeah um, but he can only miss seven more if he wants all NBA defense consideration. I hadn't thought about that. I mean, he he's not playing at that level, right? No, he's not. No. I mean, and, and pro- that is probably a product of being in it. I mean, missing the first two games of the year, right? Then you play, yeah. then you roll the ankle, and in and in and out. I hadn't thought about that, but I also. And again, like Jaden's coming back after missing a handful of weeks and comes right. into that game. But I think you wanted more out of Jaden defensively in that game, whether, you know, on, in the Ingram matchup or potentially guarding Zion. I mean, I wouldn't have hated going to Jaden on Zion a little bit, maybe to to try it because it seemed like you didn't have any answers when it was Carl on him or Troy on him or Nas or whatever. Um, but I think, yeah, that. The, the good news about the Jaden stuff is like he hasn't played very well. It's all explainable, right? And Jaden is going to continue probably on both sides of the ball to play better and better um, over the next few weeks. And maybe that does help answer some of the offense with Ant off the floor, uh, keeping defense strong with Rudy off the floor, those sort of things. Like we probably do need to remember that Jaden's pretty damn good, you know, and, and that hasn't been – really has contributed very little to the Wolves having the right. best record in the NBA thus far. So maybe that's just like an answer that not maybe that is an answer that's just coming. Yeah, I agree. Um, and and I think it'll just if you know, we might be a week from now and be like, yep, Jaden's back looks like himself. Mm-hmm. Like first game back is always going to be kind of weird. This has just always been a bad defensive matchup. Like I said, like, you know, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he goes plays Dallas, locks Luca down, mm-hmm. um, you know, has, you know, scores of an efficient 15 points. It was just kind of like weirdly. I don't know if he's trying to play himself into the role, but he was a little weirdly aggressive in for moments yeah. of last night's game. Like right um, when he checked in the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. And, and yeah. I understand like maybe trying to play yourself into a little bit of a rhythm and shake the rust off or anything, but it's just weird when that's not who usually who you are. Uh, and now yep. you're doing it uh, in your first game back for a while. Maybe he felt like that should be kind of on him given the so we did last around year. him. Yeah. Remember when Ant with the when ankle Ant- last year, the Chicago game, it's like Toronto and New York. Yeah, there was he's that. scoring 25 a night suddenly, you know. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and he's looking, looking for a shot more, which I think like, we're all curious about that too of like you know yeah. what, what does yeah. what does that look like but i yeah maybe it was like turning the dial all the way up to offensive aggression what is your yeah. first game back in, in yeah, you can ease into it a little bit yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah. I, I mean I, I guess i i understand the impulse pulse and we're talking about the past 30 minutes about how bad the rest of the offense was exactly right, so it's right. like but and that and that's probably just the the overall story or why I just like the, the, the loss is understandable. You know? yeah, yeah. And like, I'm not, I'm not ragging on this loss at all. I think 
New Orleans is a a better team, certainly than we were thinking a few weeks the first time um, that they they played them. I think this is going to be a good Western Conference team, and the Wolves like were in this game for much of it until, but it basically until the Carl offense got turned off by the double teams. Then they didn't really have a way to pace themselves with New Orleans' scoring, which, by the way, pace is an important thing in this game. They were running the the whole game, and the Wolves kind of obliged with that, which you're like, is that something we really want to be doing um, with this with this team? But just, I, I don't know. I, I find so many like different things weren't weird in that game. It's Jaden's first game back. There's no ant. Rudy's in foul trouble. Carl's getting his first aggressive doubles of, of the entire season. Like, and you didn't really have an answer for any of those at any point in the game. I'm not surprised those were questions you had, and I'm not surprised you lost because you couldn't answer, you couldn't answer those, those questions in that game. Yeah. New Orleans is like a, if New Orleans was healthy for an entire season, yeah, they would win 50 games, you know, like, I mean, mm-hmm. and, and they, they, they have a lot of talent on that roster. Like, and it's a pretty good, like in general, just, cohesive group that kind of works pretty well off each other better than I even thought it would, you know, like ahead of last season or whatever. Um, they're good. They're a good team. Like, and it's, it's just one of those games that's hard to hard to analyze because it is like, it's not like, Ant's going to be gone for, we don't anticipate him being gone for like another month. And it's like, how do you go? Where do you go from here? Yeah. He could easily be back on Thursday, you know, like, so, and then Wouldn't you assume like, that? I would assume that frankly. So yeah, then it's like, okay, now a lot of your issues are solved in regards to a lot of what ailed you here. It's just like, okay, how do you have a better plan of attack? Should this pop up again? Or just like, yeah. we're just trying to, you know, transfer it over Ant, to the... There's 15, 18 minutes a night that Ant doesn't play. Right, and, right. And, and usually you need to build up some things in those minutes in general, both sides of the ball. Right. It's just easier when it's like, okay, Carl's out there for the 15 minutes that Ant's not versus like Carl is the whole offense for the whole game. And then when he's out, now we need to find all their offense on top of that. Yeah. We're like, Ant does help that out quite a bit no that that's true now you're like it <laughs> offensive ant offensive cat and then it's rudy and mike two-man game and then other than that all that is left is Jaden turn up your aggression Nikhil turn up your aggression maybe not like nas play pick and roll again that's why we're saying that's my point of why i'm saying i want to see more nas because after those top three options of ant cat rudy and mike like I don't know where else you're going to get more offense from on this team. I just keep coming back to that all the time and ant on and off the floor, whatever, like this is an average to below average offensive team this season. They need to figure out those things, some things that they can go to over these next 60 games Yeah, that, you know, insulate the defense on nights when it's not very good. Like it wasn't last night. It's just, it is just really interesting in that, like, Teams can just play good offense, even without like offensive, you know, star players on the court. Like we see teams do it all the time. Like um, I always go back to it, but like the Wolves did it against the Knicks in Chicago last year when Ant and Cat were out. It was just like it was just good ball movement, you know, like mm-hmm. constantly, constant action, 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 like move it, move it, move it, get a good shot. Like, and there just haven't been too many spurts like that this year. Um, and I don't know. Dude, it's they need a point guard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, that's but it, I, like, mean, it, I mean, like, it's all seriousness. It's like, what at least if you're right in what you're talking about in how to generate more offense, and it is ball movement is is the answer. Like, you need ball movers. 
Yeah, correct. Who, like, who are the ball movers when, when Mike Conley's off the floor? You know? And if we're doing the ant cat thing, like now, like cat is automatically kind of a sticky player, you know, like, yeah. so like, you, by, it's going to be hard to have. Yeah. It's going to be hard to have movement. You actually uh, want it to stick enough for the defense to commit the double completely, in, yeah. you yeah, know? Sure. And so, yeah, there's, if you're playing intentionally sticky offense, everything else needs to be loose, you know? And, and it just, it isn't when the other options are limited in shooting and limited in like structure and being able to run play sets and call. I mean, it's, I, I don't know. It, it, Jordan McLaughlin can't shoot either. So like, it's yeah, not right, like right. the right answer here. Now, this is I, entirely just, and it's like what shake should tries to do too. It's just like, they want to just inject pace into the game. And I understand that. Um, but it so often, like just the way this team plays, it's going to be hard to get it up and down. Um, mm-hmm. it, I, I just think, yeah, you do need some more half court options. I agree with you on that hundred percent. I just, I just do just in general think that like this team's winning formula is always going to be like in the biggest of moments, like ride the defense out as hard as you can. Um, mm-hmm. and then rely on your, scores to score you know like and i i just think like they should survive the minutes where things are like not optimal personnel with their defense and yeah. so like i would i wouldn't be super willing to no, sacrifice that, that i i just feel like that's not setting a very high bar for yourself like okay yes like the best thing about this team is the defense and like if you can nullify other teams offense in the half court and you can be a better half-court offensive team on the other side of the floor because you have Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns, like, win. And it is winning over and over again. Again, I'm thinking, like, bigger picture. And for the playoffs, like, that defense is not going to be as dominant against better and better teams. And then that delta between your half-court offense and theirs is not is not as big, particularly then, you know, in your half-court offense, if Cat's in foul trouble or he's getting double or whatever, I just think there need to be more additional things that you that you go to. I don't, I don't, I don't agree that they should just be like, yeah, our offense is our scorers isolate and score. But, I don't like it. I don't, I don't. But I'm no, I'm mostly saying in terms of like bringing somebody in, like a a shooter or whatever it might be. I just don't think, I don't think whatever you do, I think you should do better things with the guys you have on, on the court. Now, like look for solutions among the guys you have on the court. I would not sacrifice like the defensive integrity of your personnel uh, to try to get a few easier things Mm -hmm. offensively. That's what I don't think. I don't think you can lower the bar of your defense in Mm -hmm. the sake of trying to create better offense. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with that. And again, this is, this is why it's going to be interesting to think over the next couple months here of like, they're going to inject something into this team. Yeah, I'd be very surprised if they said that. Yeah, and and what is that thing, right? You know, because it's probably just going to be one. You know, you're not going to be able to get yeah a good movement shooter and a good offensive player or and a rebounder, whatever. Like, you're going to probably need to pick one thing um, because you have limited trade assets, you have limited contracts that you can you can match up. We can't be like, okay, go get Monte Morris and go get Bones Highland and go like, you know, it's not everybody who's ever played for Denver. You get, yeah. <laughs> well, that's, it's going to be you sign Austin rivers from off the street. Yeah. Right. Bring him back off guard. Um, anything else off of that? I mean, we kind of ripped through a lot of this, this stuff pretty, pretty quickly here. Uh, anything else 
or bigger picture looking forward to the Dallas game you want to hit on? I just, I mean, just in general, like, I think there is a lot for this team to prove over this stretch because, like, and Dallas is another chance. Um, we'll see what Kyrie's status is for that one. Um, yeah. I don't know how much longer he's going to be out. But uh, or, I was looking at their injury is even, report. Is he even for sure out for the Laker game tonight? It, it says it says game time decision for Tuesday night. For okay, him okay, and, so probably a good chance that he, mm-hmm. that he plays Thursday. Uh, yeah. You would think. And but then, anyway. like, Hardaway and Kleba and Grant Williams are all – expected to be out until at least today is what the injury report says. Josh Green is the only one I think that is for sure going to going to miss that game. Okay. Otherwise, but yeah, say Dallas is somewhere near full strength. Like I still just think like this team, one thing it hasn't really done is beaten like a good full strength team on the road. Unless you mm. count Golden State as good, which I don't. Um but <laughs> you know like but an actually good team on the road at full strength. Like and there's not like there've been Tons of opportunities to do that. Uh, that's yeah, just to say, like, what are, what are the even out. other options? They lost other... to the Hawks, um, who are mm. okay, you know, like, um, and, and beat, lost... why, why am I blanking? They have to beat somebody good on the road. Is it they've been home the whole time? <laughs> they beat the... they beat the Warriors twice, yeah, um, the Warriors, Memphis twice, Memphis twice. They beat uh, the Pelicans without Zion, um, by yeah, one. No, no, this is a good point. I had it, I had it thought that the Wolves. Have not had a good road win outside of Golden State. I mean, I'll give the Golden State one good because they won both of them. Yeah, no? I mean, Steph didn't play. In the yeah, that's true. And then Clay and Draymond were out of there. And okay, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, so yeah, so okay, so good point. Like this is a this is an important stretch to be. I, able I just don't to, feel like. The, yeah. yeah, I just don't feel like the quality. Like, and they've beaten a Memphis twice for sure. But like, I just don't feel like they've looked as good on the road, like in general, um, than they do at home, and that's natural. Uh, sure. But yeah, but just finding ways to continue to get better and better and look mm-hmm. more and more like the dominant team you often are at Target Center. Finding ways to get that to translate. I think they have to prove that they can do that. That they can be a top tier defense. All these things. Mm-hmm. Um, against good teams on the road and to that end like that's why it's awesome that Jaden is back yep. which gives you your best shot against Luca right right and then hopefully Ant can play in that game too and the combination of those two things back together functioning Carl kind of falling back into his 1b role after being last game 1a with a bullet you know Rudy uh, staying out of foul trouble, being more effective. I mean, that was just overall a really probably Rudy's worst game of the year, right? Last yeah, week. yeah. And and like you said, like there's complicating factors that go into that. Like early foul mm-hmm. trouble can kind of throw off anybody. Um, but yeah, it was not. I, mm-hmm. In no way did I feel like Rudy dominated like any portion of that game. Yeah, which is which is weird now because we're coming to expect that. You yeah, know, yeah. Night tonight, it's it's funny as like uh, I, I was thinking about. You know, if that's just the one game you watch of Rudy, I, I think this, in all seriousness, I think this is what contributes to why people like think he's less good than he is overall, which I certainly have thought at, at like previous times. It's like if you watch one bad Rudy Gobert game, it really sticks with you, you know? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and 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 you're you, like, what does this guy do? He doesn't it, do anything, you know? Exactly. Like, and what's been so cool about like following him and watching him be good pretty consistently night to night this year is you go, Oh wait, I get it. Cause I mm-hmm. saw the previous five games and I saw that one bad one. And I was like the value of those five games versus the negative value of that one game. 
um, it really changes my appreciation. Whereas like, you know, I watch a lot of league pass, so I was probably seeing, you know, 10, 12 Utah games a year, but sporadically. Right. And probably uh, I know just in my memory that a handful of those games I saw were like games like last night from Rudy, where it's foul trouble. He just feels out of, out of sorts a, a, a little bit. It's, I don't know. It's just like, I'm really interested by this psychology exercise that is following Rudy Gobert and being in a different position than, you know, than I ever have been before or a different position than a lot of other people who I think are really smart, who still think, you know, differently of them. But I'm like, yeah, man, somebody watches that game last night and they go, uh, yeah, I'm not worried about the wolf, you know, and and then that's not right. That's that's not like the right opinion because there's no ant or whatever. But I get it. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, it it totally is like when you watch a different quote unquote star player and they have an off night. You're like, yeah, the shot just didn't fall, you know. But like Rudy, you're just like, well, I don't even know what he's doing out there. Yeah. Like, what is this? What what does he usually do better than this? Like, he's just just out there. I mean, the shot didn't like fall last night. Rebounds. He took that mid range. <laughs> yeah. Quarter it, three. Yeah. It's just, it's an entirely different dynamic. We're yeah. like, but when you see the, the really good games, it's like, wow, he is just, dominant. Know. you know, like totally. I, I agree with you too. I still like, I think I texted you this the other day. It's so funny that like, I'm thinking of like all the hand wringing that was done when Carl would compete with Rudy for all NBA spots, you know? And, and I'm sure he were, were like, yeah. yeah, Rudy's net rating is really good and defensive rating is really good. And Utah's just one more game, so he'll probably get it. But like, mm-hmm. you, you just watch and it's like, Carlos posted 24 and 12 and this Gobert guy. I mean, like, he's, yeah, I mean, I guess like the yeah. defensive rating is good, but like not comparable. And it's like, no, Rudy impacted games just as much, if, if mm-hmm. not more, <laughs> you know, and we see that now. And it's like, wow, like, I'm sure we had some I, I was thinking about that was... thoughts and opinions in yeah. those times. I was thinking about that when I was reading your article and you went back and you were doing a bunch of like the historical Rudy stat numbers. And I I remember that one Rudy Carl year in particular, because it was whatever, $30 million was was on the line for Carl. And I, I, what I do remember about that was the Carl case had to do with, he had like his true shooting percentage was like insane. Like the last 40 games, it was once, I'm pretty sure it's once Ryan took over for Tibbs and, and Carl like played his best offensive stretch uh, of his career, which I, I said at the time, I was like, I think it should. And I actually spent some time, like at least looking into the numbers of it. And I'm like, yeah, I, I would, I would give that to, to Carl um, over Rudy, but I would admit now that it, I did not have a full comprehension of what Rudy was, which isn't to take away from Carl. I right. did watch all those games, you know, yes, and I saw yep. that that right, offensive 100%. dominance from him. But it, yeah, it's a it's an interesting uh, sort of hindsight thing. And now, if they were both close, and Rudy was on the one seed, and Carl was on the Ryan Saunders Wolves team, I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah maybe, maybe that was okay. This <laughs> is a no brainer. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. okay. Um, all right, man. Uh, Dallas up next uh, on on Thursday. I, it was weird. I hadn't thought that they did not have a good road win this year. I will be thinking about that. I think that's a it's an maybe opportunity. I'm one, but I yeah, it is. That's early in the morning. I don't know. Yeah, but but it is a good point that they've been dominant at home. That's that's really what has the defense and winning at home has driven this whole season. It's why right. they can totally afford to take that loss in New Orleans last night. Regroup. Hopefully, get Ant back. Figure out what your rotation is exactly here. Um, over these next couple of weeks, 
into Christmas, start rolling again. Like, I think, I do think and believe in the idea that sometimes losing or getting, you know, poked in areas where you're not as strong um, makes a difference. And I, I think they had a really soft stretch for the last, the previous four games before that. And hopefully this New Orleans one is a little bit of a wake-up call of like, hey, the opponents aren't getting easier. Like it's all Pelicans level teams pretty much through, you know, the beginning of January at least. So we'll, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what they're able to do in Dallas on Thursday. Check out what the, what the injury report is there. Maybe that just gives the Wolves an advantage um, just by players being out. But appreciate you doing it, Jace. Um, yeah. What can we expect from you this week in writing? Good question. Uh, <laughs> it's it's always like a little less like as far as just like when the team is on the road and we have mm-hmm. some travel to too many games like the just the level of content is it's usually a lot more columns and whatnot. Um, it's a day to day. What should I write about? Um, because, you know, like when we don't have consistent access to the players, like yeah. not as many things pop up. It's when the creative juices start flowing a little bit more. So we'll see. Yeah. TBD, very TBD. Well, yeah, well, that's what I'm also thinking about it, figuring out. Uh, me and Britt, I should say that too. Me and Britt, we moved Jace up to Tuesday just because this is a Monday, Thursday stretch. So we did this Jace, Jace episode today. Britt and I are going to actually go on on Wednesday afternoon there too. So I will also get the creative juices fun, probably rewatch the game and uh, find something to, to go off there. Always appreciate you coming on, Jace. Read everything Jace does over at the, the Pioneer Press, and you can follow him on Twitter at Jace Frederick. Until Wednesday afternoon uh, with Britt, he's Jace. I'm Dane. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stop, yeah. Green it hard so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah. Hope you're dancing like nobody else around, yeah. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.